Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by legendary trainer and boxing broadcaster Teddy Atlas. Today's guest really needs no introduction, but let me read you a few of his credentials. Four-time All-American wrestler, two-time Hodge Trophy winner. For those who aren't fans of college wrestling, that's the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. U.S. Olympic wrestler in 2008, Bellator welterweight champ, one championship welterweight champ, UFC fighter, ninth place amateur in the Disc World Championships, <laughs> the great funky Ben Askren, and I forgot to add, cryptocurrency expert. Oh, let's talk about the cryptos. It's it's a good day in crypto <laughs> land. We got a good, nice 10% bump kind of across the board. Bitcoin's all-time highs, Ethereum's all-time highs. What a great day. Million dollars, you can only invest in one. Ethereum or, or Bitcoin, which one? Quick. Oh, Bitcoin for sure. I think it's okay. the grand idea. I think it's the one that's definitely going to be around forever. I like a lot of the other projects, but I think Bitcoin's established itself as king at this point. All right, let's talk boxing. I think you got a boxing match coming up. I do. It's Saturday. Yeah, I've heard a few people talking about it. Hey, guys, want to take a quick pause to shout out today's sponsor, MyBookie. Check them out at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for 100% credit on your first deposit up to $1,000. So you deposit $2,000, they'll give you another $1,000 to play with. You'll have three grand. Line on this fight is Jake Paul minus 180, Ben Askren plus 150. I love Ben Askren at plus money in this fight. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy this conversation and maybe it will uh, affect your outlook on the fight. But check them out, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for 100% credit on your first deposit up to $1,000. We love these guys. MyBookie's got lines on everything. Give them a shout, check them out. Shout out to my bookie. Yeah, I, I man, I think it's, you know what's funny? I think it's capturing people's imagination and a lot of people are annoyed by the fact. But the truth of the matter is nobody knows what's going to happen, right? I've literally never boxed. Um, obviously, I've, got, I've been in combat sports for, we'll say 30 years, roughly, probably competing at a high level for about 20 of those years, um, but was never known for my striking. And then you have Jake Paul, who's had two pro boxing matches. And, you know, he looks kind of decent, but... We're not sure what kind of fighter he really is. He's never dealt with any adversity or been, or been in a tough fight. And so really, I kind of laugh at, laugh at it when people think they have a for sure take on this fight because I think it's impossible because there's so many unknowns. That's right. Ben, first of all, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. We know it's close to fight time, crunch time. And, uh, you know, that's always the most difficult time when it gets closer and closer to the event. So, again, mm -hmm. thank you for taking the time. Uh, to come on with us, yes, sir. And, and my my first question is why, um, and I think I speak probably for people that are more uh, involved in a sport. Uh, you know, they have more of a background, not just the average fan, but the people that have a background in the sport. Why would a guy who's been a fighter his whole life, for the most part, uh, a real fighter, professional fighter, and a champion, why would he get in there with somebody? who is, you know, not even a novice, really, a uh, guy that's fought a couple of exhibition fights, but a guy who's dedicated him to the sport, himself to the sport. I give him credit for that, that he's respected the sport. He's gone out, he's learned, he's been doing the proper training. But a guy who's obviously 
not anywhere near what you are. You, you've been a fighter. You've, you breathe the air of a fighter. You understand the fire of a fighter. You understand how that can destroy you when you're in a ring or in an octagon. You understand what you're fighting. You understand what it feels like. Um, you got everything to lose. Everything. I mean... No, I, I, I don't see it that way. I think I actually think it's kind of opposite, actually. So for me, I actually think I have nothing to lose. Um, and so the, the, I'll just we'll start with the two reasons that took the fight. Number one, being compensated very well, uh, better than actually any other fight I've ever done in my life. And then number two, the second thing I really thought about was back when I was in high school, me and my friends, if we didn't have anything going on, on Friday night, we go over to my house, we throw in some boxing gloves <laughs> and we box each other. And we thought that was a lot of fun. And we did it for free. No one had to pay us. No one had to uh, encourage us. It was just, hey, let's go do that. We think that's fun. And so now to be, you know, a little later in my life and to not want to be paid a whole bunch of money to do something that I thought was a lot of fun and I did for free, that sounds kind of stupid. So I said, yeah, of course I'll do it. And then so for the fact that I don't think I have anything to lose, like I'm retired. Like I have five wrestling academies. I love coaching wrestling. I do some podcasting on the side. Like I really enjoy my, you know, my retired life, like what I'm doing and what I moved on to. And so, you know, win, win lose, or draw on Saturday night, I'm probably just going to go back and do what I was doing before and enjoy it also. Now, Jake, he's wanting to make a career out of this thing, right? And if he loses the, to the worst striker in the UFC, he ain't making a career out of it, right? He's probably not going to get another fight, most likely. Um so I think he has significantly more to lose than me. Me, win, lose, or draw. I'm going home on Monday with a, a much larger bank account and uh, probably doing the same exact things I was doing before. Yeah, I understand your mindset, and, and I appreciate that and respect it, obviously. Um, but again, there's people in the sport that are concerned in the MMA world, if you will, that the credibility mm -hmm. of the sport is on the line a little bit. Um, it, it, so, so Teddy, hold on, can I push back on you there? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Like, no problem. You did, so you didn't really think credibility of boxing was on the line when James I was just going to mention that. I was just, I was just going to say that you beat me to it. That, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, you really, you're a smart guy, and or well, one of us is a smart guy anyway. And you, <laughs> you, you're right on the button. When Mayweather fought McGregor. Um, there was people, yes, there were people that were, were nervous about boxing, that boxing had more to lose, that, if, that yeah. if a great fighter like Mayweather, a celebrated fighter like Mayweather, lost to a MMA guy, a UFC MMA guy, that it would, it would hurt the sport, it would bring the sport down, um, especially when it's only boxing rules, you know, uh, there, there's no, yeah. obviously there's no, no MMA rules, it'd be a whole different ball game, so... Yeah. There, there were people that were concerned about that, uh, that did, that did uh, you know, have that, that feeling that that could happen, uh, that it could hurt the sport of boxing or the legitimacy of the sport uh, at that level. So I, I just think that there are people, I've heard a little bit of it, uh, you know, I'm no UFC uh, expert, but I've, I've heard a little bit of, of the whispering that, yeah, you know, oh, we, we sure as hell want to see Askren win. Hey, look, you know something's going on when, when Dana White Dana is White. cheering for you. You know what I mean? I mean <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you nailed it. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, but more than anything, I think people want to see me win because people can't stand this guy. I mean, I, <laughs> it's, it's, pretty not, it's not my generation. It's not my era. I, I don't really get really what him and his brother do. 
Um, you know, I would have like known the names when I signed the fight, but I didn't really know anything about them. And, and the amount of dislike for, for really specifically Jake, not Logan so much is, is, is kind of mind blowing to me. Um, and you know, like I would see, so I, I wrestled my whole life, right? I wrestled from age five. I, I retired at 23, 24, when it makes martial arts. Like if, if I thought I was going to lose to a wrestling in wrestling to someone who sucked, then my credibility would be on the line. But I've never ever claimed to be a good boxer. In mixed martial arts, my strategy was the same for 10 years straight. I was undefeated for roughly nine of those years, right? Dodge a few punches or kicks or knees or elbows, get close enough, clinch them up, take them down, punch them in the face a whole bunch of times. And the rest says, you win, have a good night. But you're still, I get it. But Ben, you're still, as I said before, you're a guy who's been, you know, you've been in the ring of fire. I mean, you yeah. understand what it is, you know, to feel that pressure uh, of a professional fighter. And he's not a professional fighter. He hasn't been, you know, in that furnace, if you will. And mm -hmm. so people think automatically, and, and, and wrongfully maybe, but automatically they think, well, that's it. Ben should win. He, he's the professional athlete. He, he's yeah. the fighter, mentally, spiritually, physically. Uh, he should put pressure on this guy, and this guy can't handle it. But again, I think they forget the rules. They forget that you can't go in there and shoot. You can't take them to your place. And for five rounds, there's a good possibility that he can move around and possibly outstrike you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's what you're facing. Uh, that that's the reality. What have you done to improve your striking skills? You you were so honest. You came right on. And you said I'm the worst striker in MMA. What what have you done I to change? I think I could beat up a few people. Well, we'd say yeah on, on the much lower end. Uh, I've worked on nothing but boxing for 12 weeks. I mean, I I never ever did that before. Um, because again, you know, MMA there's so many things to work on. Yeah. And my whole thing was how do I how do I use my wrestling as effectively po as possible, and it's. How do I, you know, we're starting here, here they can punch me and kick me. How do I get to there where they can't and exactly. then take them down and then beat them up? So for 12 weeks, it's been nothing but boxing. I've got some good looks. I've brought in some uh, world champs. I went to see Freddie Roach. I brought in this guy, um, K9 Cornelius Bundridge for a couple of weeks and just got some really good opinions. And I, <laughs> I've gotten a lot better at boxing. I'm still not saying I'm really, really good. And that's like, you know, I think Jake thinks if he beats me on Saturday night, it proves he's a good boxer. And, uh, yeah, I think if I win, it's like, hey, I beat up a YouTuber, and that's it. I'm not, I'm still not going to claim to be a good boxer. <laughs> yeah, I understand. What What have they said? I mean, obviously, there's been a, some kind of transition and progress during those twelve weeks. Yeah. What What have those guys said about it? Watching um, you. Yeah, I mean, just like talking strategy, talking tactics, and just you know. Honestly, a lot of it's like reforming my uh, mechanics from what I would do in mixed martial arts to what I should do in uh, boxing because they are a, really different, right? The way you should move your body. Um, and so really just kind of working on that type of stuff and getting my cardio up because, listen, I was retired and then I got my hip surgery on September 1st of last year. And so really like when I started training for this fight, I was the heaviest I'd ever been uh, because for a three-month period after my hip surgery, I couldn't do anything. I mean, not even ride a bike, no, nothing, nothing. Um, and now my hip's great. I, I really kind of, I kind of wish I would have done my hip earlier because I didn't know the results would be so good. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's it. Get in shape, uh, get ready to fight, learn, learn some new skills and new tactics. And, and there you go. What kind of surgery? Was it a hip replacement or was it a... The Birmingham hip. Oh, so, okay. Um, okay. 
I guess it would be called partial replacement, right? They, they, they clean it up, they cap it, they cap the inside. Um, yeah. So I'm and so you, and you're, you're fully recovered and you've had a full, you've had the ability to have a full camp. Yeah. So as soon as, uh, as soon as like the, the fight thing was finalized, cause in the beginning I thought they were just, it was just a whole bunch of hot air. As soon as yeah. it was finalized and, uh, I got to work training and like I said, a lot of it was like just get, getting back in shape and being able to fight hard for 24 minutes. Um, you know, that, that's a big part sure. of it. How much weight did you have to take off or did you take off? Well, I lost, so I was like 215, which like I said, was the heaviest I've ever been, but Hey, I, I love to eat and <laughs> I kind of literally couldn't exercise. So I got good excuses. Um, I'm down to just, I'm so the weight class is 190, and then you get a two pound allowance. That's significantly heavier than I've fought ever, right? So I, I wrestled at 174 in college, 163 in the Olympics, and then 170 is where I fought at my entire career. Um, but, you know, there's not like YouTube fighting divisions. It's just like one YouTuber, <laughs> and it's like, hey, you want to fight, fight this guy or you don't. So the weight class is 190, and, you know, I'm not really a 190 pounder, but I, I will be this weekend. How do you feel at 190? Does it does it alter your speed? Do you, you feel good, sluggish, uh, not perfect? Or, yeah. or what do you feel? So I think my I, I think my ideal weight is in the mid mid to low 180s is probably like where I'm really healthy and really in shape. So it's a, it's a little above that. But like I said, I was I was really heavy. So if they'd asked me to make 170 or something, I I, I don't really know that I could have done that. That would have been a really long way to go. Um, so yeah, no, I, I feel really good though. I got I got in good shape um boxing has gotten significantly better um I, I had a lot of fun doing it because you know i've been a um boxing fan muhammad ali was my favorite athlete growing up and now actually like getting to kind of explore why they do certain things or why they move certain ways because i never really taken the time to know that before um it's been great who's your favorite fighter right now in, in boxing obviously um uh, probably tyson fury oh wow Surely from an entertainment standpoint he's hilarious i can see that yeah, he's pretty smart. He's a he's a genius promoter. Uh, yeah. Besides being a pretty damn good fighter for such a big guy, he moves very agilely. He's six uh, nine. He move he moves for someone six nine. He moves really well. Yeah, he does. He he really does. He's got a lot of agility, uh, good defensive uh, posture. Uh, he he's and and he's shown that he can also go get you too. Like he showed yeah. in the rematch with Wilder that he can adjust. Uh, he's he's a pretty smart guy. Besides being a obviously a tough guy, he also showed tremendous toughness against um, who was it, Valine, who uh, busted his eye open real good, so bad that we thought for sure that if if the uh, if the opponent was cut that bad, they'd stop the fight. But because the A side was cut, they let it go. But I mean, he overcame a ton of adversity and went and got him and won the fight. You know, Ken, but with you saying that, Ken. I, I can't help it. I probably wouldn't have even thought of this if you hadn't just brought that up. So that leads me to, I have to say to Ben, you talk about toughness. I mean, it should have been in the dictionary uh, with a picture of that fight when Ben fought Lola. Um, you talk about toughness. I mean, you talk about oh. being busted up. You talk about being hurt. Uh, you talk about coming back and showing resolve and character and all that stuff. Uh, can you talk about that fight, uh, Ben, with Lola? I mean, yeah. that was a pretty incredible fight. Yeah, I mean, so, so so I think actually as a fighter, toughness is one of the things that's most respected. But as I matured, I think it's one of the things that you never want to have to show, right? True. You want Very to true. hope your abilities, skills, and everything else will carry you through. And then you have that in your back pocket if you need it. And usually that, yeah. that's 
that's built up through right. I, like I said, Russell for twenty years. That's I agree a hundred percent. That's like with in my business, we always say you want to. We want to say you have a great chin, but we want never want to prove it. You know. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, in the Lawler fight, I, I shot a takedown right away, and I did what Russell called a short drag, and I kind of had his back, and I was then I got around his neck, and. Never in a million years did I think a human being could pick me up from that place where he picked me up from. Like I, I have yeah. really good balance and great, you know, I feel the gravity. And he picked me up and he slammed me. And then, and, and in the process of getting slammed, uh, my arm actually got trapped under my body. So he had kind of like a wrist right here. And so then he was able to blast me, right? He was blasting me from this side because this arm was trapped. And I, and so it was just like, you know, go through the process. How do, how do I get to my back? Right. I got to fight to get to my back. I got to fight to get my arm free. Then I got to fight to get control of them. Then I got to fight to get up. And so it's just like, I mean, I, I think the best mind in, in fighting is the mind that's focused on whatever is necessary to do. So it wasn't thinking about like, Oh shit, I just got hit like 20 times. It was like, what's the next step? How do I, how do I get to my back? How do I get my wrist free? How do I get right? So I need to get an underhook. Then I need to move up into them and then I need to get a takedown. So it's kind of just like, really, really highly focused on those type of things. See, that I, what you just said there, though, I'm sorry, Ken, I just uh, offer what Ben just said. That's the difference, really. That's yeah. the difference between him and Paul, that he can think under that kind of pressure in that kind of way, where a guy who's never lived that, who yeah. hasn't had the, can't think that way. They're, they're, not, they're not bred that way. They're not developed that way. That's the difference. Yeah, because there, there's no way to develop that in, in practice either, I mean, it literally has to be in the, in the heat of the battle. Um, and, you know, again, I, I think I think almost all combat sports have very, very many similarities. Like you have to have that time in right in boxing. But you take that big shot and you figure out how to get up in wrestling and be like you get thrown to your back and you're down by a whole bunch of points. And you got to figure out how to claw your way back. And just that that adversity where you thought something was going to go one way. And now all of a sudden it's going a different way. And how do you like say, Okay, how do I turn this shit around? <laughs> you know, how do I turn this shit around? But the key is what you just said: how to stay calm in an uncalm environment. Yes, you know, in a in an environment that is chaos and panic. And I yeah. say it again: panic for anybody else, but not for a fighter. Yes, absolutely. And, and Ben, two points in that with regards to that. Number one, what you said: you can't learn that in practice. And I talked to uh, Dustin Poirier about this when he jumps guillotines in the fights all mm. the time. In practice, you can do that because if you get caught in a, in a guillotine yeah. and it's really cranking on your neck, in practice, you're just going to tap and start over again. You don't have that like fighting for your life like you would in a fight. That's number one, that, that you can't learn that. You have to be in a fight to wreck. Can I get out of this? I don't know. I'm in practice, so, and I feel like he's going to break my neck, so I'll just start over. The second thing I wanted to ask you was when you had Lawler in that uh, bulldog choke, and it's funny because our producer, Rob, was at my house watching that with me, and I was like, I, I'm a huge fan of yours. So I was like, squeeze him, squeeze him. You had him in that bulldog choke, and it was very controversial because Herb Dean jumped in and stopped it. And it did, I thought that A, he was going to go unconscious, and B, there wasn't, there was no chance in hell he was getting out of there. From your perspective, and I know you've talked about this before, but just to revisit, how tight was that, and was there any chance he was getting out of that bulldog yeah. headlock? Yeah, so I, I hear, what I think happened, I said this a few times, but if you watch the film, um, I, I get it really super tight. And he, his hand dropped. You know, you see it. You literally see his hand go from here. It's like goes limp. Head, and then it yep. drops and it's on the floor. And as Herb Dean is is coming at me, I loose. I don't let him go all the way, but I loosen up. And yep. lots of times, if I mean, I don't know if you guys do jiu-jitsu, but when, you, when you're when you getting choked, like, that's enough. And, I mean, there's sometimes a jiu-jitsu where 
you wake up and you're like, oh, did I go? Did I go to sleep? Like, you know, it happens so quickly. Like, you don't even realize that you went out. And so I kind of think that's what happened. I think that you know the hand where he was pulling on my head and then it drops limply to the ground. I think that's the obvious to me. That was an incredible fight, man. Congrat congratulations. That was like you said, you don't want to have to show how tough you are, but yeah, my God, real. that was uh that was an exercise in uh, adversity and toughness and 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 will. And like you said, you could never learn how to do that in practice because if that happened in practice, they'd be like, Okay, stop, you're gonna hurt him now. And you just kept <laughs> Yeah, fighting for real, right? So. <laughs> yeah, in practice, yeah. there's always there's always that element of safety or so, someone's here to save me or someone can fix this. Hundred percent. Yeah, that that type of thing, right? Or the, if it gets bad enough, the coach will stop it. Like there's always that element in practice. And then when you're when you're competing, you know, you shake hands with another person or or, or touch gloves, right? Depending on what sport it is. And the referee says go. And then and you go and then you just go until it's over with. And that's it. No one's else going to protect you. No one's going to save you. You got to figure it out yourself. How much sparring have you done? Um, you know, more than more than MMA. I was kind of shocked. Like you know, I said, talking to boxing about how much they sparred, because when I first started MMA, we were sparring quite a bit and different stuff, right? Like one day might be kickboxing. One day might be full MMA. One day we might be small gloves and do like lighter strikes, but more grappling type of stuff. Um, and then obviously with the, with the head trauma concerns, you know, we really geared down as, so my, my career started in 2009 and my career ended in 2019. Right. So that what people thought about it really shifted in that course of 10 years. Uh, but boxing people, you know, everyone, everyone said spar three times a week. And so for me, it's like, well, I'm not going to box for a career. I'm going to box for what is it, 11, 11 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. So fuck it. I'll spar three times. A, I'll spar three times a week. You know, let's just how do many, it. how many rounds were you getting per session um, towards the, towards the end? Yeah. So I, eight rounds was the most we went, but we would usually do either six or eight rounds. So, you know, quite a few rounds and then usually follow it up with some mitts or some bag work right after that same sparring partners or rotating through fresh guys uh, i had i had four different partners i think over the course of four or five over the course of camp wow yeah cool yeah i, try, I tried to do it the right way you know like i said i'm not i'm not gonna be a boxer for a lifetime but i figure if i'm gonna do this once i you know i might as well do it the best that i can do it for that that time period from my perspective and teddy can weigh in on this i i think that you're and again, Teddy's the expert, but I would think that you'd want to take him in as deep a waters as possible because yeah. the experience is going to be a huge factor. And in the first round, look, anyone can, you can almost hold your breath for three minutes, but after that first, second, third yeah. round, then what starts to happen when he, cause he's going to probably land some punches. Yep. But what happens if he doesn't get you out of there and starts to wear down? And you know how much effort it takes to throw big punches. I'm oh, curious yeah. to see what happens as we get into like the fourth, fifth round. How many rounds is it? Eight? It's eight rounds, yeah. So, no, I, I feel the same way as you do. It's a long time. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Ben wishes it was 15 rounds. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think they box that much anymore. But, I, you know, I even thought about employing some Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope tactics like against George Foreman. I'm probably definitely going to verbally taunt him while it's happening. Because that, you know, someone who, that even got George Foreman to try to kill. I mean, George Foreman literally said, like, when he was talking like that, I wanted to try, wanted to, try to kill him. And George Foreman was, a, a, I think, a world champion at the time. Yeah, he was. Um, so surely that's going to get underneath an amateur's skin. Um, and, you know, I always think getting someone to fight um, emotionally is the best way that you can do it. Because they both expend a whole bunch of energy and then usually do things that, they may normally not ever do if they were calm, cool, and composed. Since you invoked the uh, 
the name George Foreman, I just, I can't help it. I got to tell you a story about that fight in Zaire when okay. um, Ali shocked the world and uh, because he was a big underdog, Foreman was undefeated. He had knocked out Joe yeah. Frazier, the great Joe Frazier. And, you know, so he was just a monster. And nobody thought, uh, there were people actually in the camp of Ali that thought they were worried about his health. Uh, they, I mean, that's how, that's how fearful Foreman was as a fighter at that time. And, you know, Ali was a little past himself, obviously. He wasn't at his peak uh, that he was before the layoff, to the enforced three-and-a-half-year layoff, where he used to move and you couldn't touch him. And so they're in a fight, and George, George is a special man. Of course, Ali was very, very special, but George is a very special man himself. So I remember I was with George one time, and we were at an event, and we were talking, and George started talking about that, and he said, yeah, and they said, was Muhammad, he was talking to you. He said, yes. He said, what was he saying to you? He said, well, when we got in the clinches, as the rounds went on, he started saying to me, is that all you got, George? Is that all you got? <laughs> and and, and then, then after about five rounds, six rounds of that, I said, yep, that's about all. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, that's an iconic uh, story, an iconic fight, iconic people. Uh, not too many of them uh, in the world. No, I mean, that's got to be maybe not number one, but it's, I mean, it's up there with the greatest fights of all time. That maybe, you know, obviously you have the thrill in Manila. Yeah. I am very Muhammad Ali oriented, but I mean, those are a couple of the best of all time. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, uh, listen, part of it is the, and you kind of touched on it, we touched on it, uh, the surroundings of it, the, the, the event of it. Yeah. Um, you know, in Zaire, in the jungle, you know, at four o'clock in the morning. So uh, crazy. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy. And, and of course, you know, uh, Ali, when he, when he went there, he became the favorite. And all the people, 100,000 people, 100,000 people at the fight. And then tens of thousand people lined up on the road. And as he's coming to the fight, all the yawners, Ali Kumbaya, Ali Kumbaya, which means in, in African, it means Ali kill him. And um, <laughs> it, it, it was... It was, so awesome. it, was, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. Hey, Ben, one thing that I have to tell you, I know it's probably not your favorite topic. I know you I'll can't do an interview it. without this coming up. But I will tell you, my kids, my, my children, my boys, I have a daughter who's 10 and a son's 9, 7, and 5, and my 9-year-old can be very sensitive at times. Yeah, you got busy. <laughs> well, the oldest is adopted. She's, she's Ethiopian, actually, speaking of uh, Africa. Okay. And... But the no, old, my oldest son, he's very sensitive and he's like always concerned about being the new kid. We just moved from LA to Nashville and he's, oh, I don't want to go to, I'm, I don't want to play baseball. I don't want to be the new kid. And I said to him one time, I'm, I said, what do you think is going to happen? I said, what, what, I, what are you nervous about? And I, and, and he know he's, we watch fights all to, all the time together and we watch, we rewatched the fight with Masvidal. Yeah. And then I showed him interviews with you afterwards. I said, this kid is a killer. Look at all the things he's done. He had like what, you know, some people might say was a, a very embarrassing situation, but look at how he handles it. And as a result yeah. of the way he handles it, I couldn't care less about that. And no one else does. They still think of Ben as like, he's a legend. And I said, if this guy can overcome this, what do you think? You're going to show up at baseball and strike out? I think it's a great lesson in life, just the way that you've Absolutely. handled it like a champion. Listen, if you fight enough times, if you try at things, you're going to fail at times. And sometimes they're going to be worse than others. But should you not try? I just, I just think you're a good example for people of how to be a good person. And it's something that Teddy talks about all the time. And I was so excited to have you on because 
there's, you know, in fighting, there's, you know, there's some people are not so nice. There's some very good people, but I love having good people on the show. So I've been so excited to see you and maybe just talk about how, like you said, it just happens. And you're like, whatever, I still, I'm going home and my kids yeah. still love I mean, me. So my the, wife so still I likes use me. that. I, I also use that as a teachable moment. I, you know, like I said, I, my brother and I run five wrestling academies. And one of the biggest things people struggle with, kids especially, and it, most of the time it's their parents' fault because their parents don't know how to, they don't know sports psych. But right, a big moment's coming up. They've been wrestling all year and they made the state tournament. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, it's different. Right. And they want to put all this pressure on themselves. And they want to put all this anxiety and stress and all these things that they make you compete like shit, you know? And that's not how we compete our best. And so I, I always use myself now. I'm just like, guys, listen, it might go your way, it might not. I, I want you to show up and compete as hard as you can compete. And if you win, great. And if you don't, guess what? I'm going to coach you on Monday. I'm going to treat you like the same dude and I'm just going to keep, keep trying to get you better and better and better. And you guys literally can't have a more embarrassing experience than I have. <laughs> like literally that's it. Like it doesn't get worse. That's the number one, you know, you just got, you guys just show up and compete hard. And if something doesn't go your way, Hey, we'll try to fix it on Monday. Teachers are the most important people. Or some of the most important people we have in this world. Uh, teachers, wherever they're coming from, they're coming from the classroom as you know, professors, uh, classroom teachers, or they're coming as coaches, you know, they're coming as parents, uh, whatever. Uh, they're they're important. They're they're so important, and obviously, uh, you're you're taking the role of that, and I I would just I admire that, and I just want to commend you for that. I love it. Uh, actually, I actually say Fre Freddie Roach. Uh and he taught me some boxing, but I think the most valuable thing that he, and I don't even know that he meant to at all, that he imparted on me was like just watching him on a daily basis, like how much he enjoyed being at his gym and just working boxing and, and doing his thing was like, he, like, he just loved it. Like, I'm sure he's got enough money where he doesn't need to really be there every single day. Like he could show up twice a week or whatever, and it would be great. But he was there every single day, working hard, you know, working with every single person. And so that, that kind of gave me uh, my, my new goal after leaving California was like, um, I I've done a lot of things, right. Podcasting and I have great opportunities, but by age 40, I, I want to be doing nothing but coaching wrestling. And that's it. Um, because I, you know, I find the most joy when I'm in there helping the kids and, you know, I've obviously I've been able to take some other really great opportunities, but that was like just watching him do his thing and just having so much joy in it was awesome. Well, what's that old saying that uh, show me a man that's doing something that he loves and I'll show you a man that doesn't work a day in his life because that's it's not, absolutely it, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, sure. it's, it's not work. It's, and that's something that to your point, and I, I'll just add this, that that's something that people, they, they have goals, they're goal oriented, they're trying to identify what it is uh, in life that is going to uh, move them. And I think that's one of the things. Identify something you have a passion for. You know, identify something that you truly care about. And um, you, no matter what, you're you you'll be in a good position if you do that. You you'll yeah. be on the upside of that. And um, as long as we had brought up that, uh, I gotta just throw a question at you. Uh, the rematch with Masvidal and Usman. Who do you like in that fight? Um. So I actually, I, I pushed back. I didn't really like that they made that rematch. And I, I can't, I don't really like Colby Covington, but I thought that was a rematch <laughs> thing. That was, uh, that fight was two rounds apiece going into the fifth round. And, and who's been finishing him in the fifth round, right? And obviously he was winning that round. So had gone the distance, he would have won the fight. 
George and 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 Usman was fifty to forty three. Like it was not it was not competitive. It was Usman won every. But round. in all fairness, Ben, in all fairness, he took the fight on five days notice. So Masvidal. Yeah. So I mean, here's the thing: if I if I I said actually I said the day after the fight, Masvidal should have said that night, "Hey man, I only got five days notice. Give me a rematch right now." He didn't. He didn't really say that. Like he kind of said it a little bit quietly, but he should have demanded it. And now we're. 10 months later and he and he hasn't fought again and he gets the rematch like uh and again i don't really like colby but colby beat tyron in, in between um and, and masvidal beat nobody so i would have given it to colby if it was my choice um i think masvidal's bigger draw probably is probably why they gave it to him um and i i don't really see it going much differently than they did the first time Yes, to your point, George took it on five days' notice, and, and you could argue is like doing right by the company. Colby is pretty much hated by everyone. He's the Jake Paul of the UFC. So it makes sense that the UFC would reward George with the with the rematch. We're big fans of Masvidal. We had him on the show, but that's not to take anything away from you. We love you as well. <laughs> but I can understand I can understand the UFC um given Masvidal. That's a that's a bigger fight, but I think a lot of people would also like to see Covington lose. You know, with George, there's like people probably 50-50 rooting for both sides. Yeah. Uh I mean part of part of, and I would say part of Usman's problem is he he hasn't really made himself all that marketable. And like, Agreed. If, if he would be the good guy versus Colby, the bad guy, um, I think that would really sell. But I think it's what people are like, shit, who do I cheer for in this one? Because neither one of these guys is all that likable. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to touch on, you mentioned about Freddie Roach, and I will have to... Uh, uh... Uh, not trying to blow smoke up Teddy's ass because obviously he's my partner and I love him. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I think makes Teddy such a great coach and he talks about all the time that boxing is 75% mental and having been with him in camp, we we, tr we worked together for eight weeks in Philadelphia to train Alex Vosdick for a big fight a couple years ago and um, watching the mental side of Teddy coaching was a huge component of that fight of just getting like the the mind right of like what we're going to do. Every single thing that we did for eight weeks was focused on fighting. And, and some guys obviously need that more than others. But I think with someone like you, you're so unique. Like I, you know, everyone has to have a little bit of fear. I don't get the sense that you're, yeah. there's any fear. I just feel like there's almost like this like mental switch where you're just like, you, I really believe that you feel like, ah, whatever, win or lose, I'm going to give it my best, but it is what it is yeah. where I think you, and I think that's a huge advantage because I think that, like you said, this guy has no experience. He's getting in there with a trained killer. So I'm excited for it. Maybe talk a little bit about the mental preparation. Yeah. I, so I, th I think like we talked about when we're, when we're training athletes, um, like I do, you know, one of the biggest things you can impart on them is that, they can't control the outcome. You can't. You can you can work as hard as you want. You know, like if I put you in there against Francis Ngannou in MMA, you ain't gonna beat him. You can work as hard as you want. I have a video of me fighting Francis in a uh, cage. He tried to kick me. Unfair. We were using boxing rules, but that's cool. <laughs> well, I'll have to. I'll have to. Using say, the I'll word fighting. Using the word. <laughs> using the word fighting to describe that is a, a little strong. Come on, Terry. I just said a bunch of nice things about you. You're supposed to protect me. Uh, little, it's a little misleading. A little misleading. <laughs> yeah, so you can't control. Sometimes you can't control outcomes, right? You can control your effort. You can control how hard you prepare. You can control those, control those things. 
and then show up and do your best. That's all we want. And that, you know, that's what I try to express to my kids all the time. So if I don't, if I don't live it that same way, then, then, you know, I'm not doing good as a coach. And so that's, and, and I, I do truly think like, that's the best, if we're talking about peak performance and competing our best, that that's our best. Our, our best is not having anxiety about what happens if I win, what happens if I lose and not having anxiety about those things, but just literally knowing I'm going to show up and compete as hard as I can. And one of the things I know about myself, because you know, in wrestling, one of the biggest advantages wrestlers have in, in, in mixed martial arts is that they, they get to compete thousands of times. I've probably had, I would guess between 1500 and 2000 wrestling matches. And so like figuring out how to get ready, get myself prepared here to compete at the highest levels um, is something I've had a lot of practice at. And so by the time we get to this point, you know, again, just listen, just show up, compete as hard as you can. Hey, if, if it goes great, it goes great. If it doesn't, it's out of my control, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight as hard as I can fight. Hey guys, quick pause to give a shout out to today's sponsor, MyBookie. Check them out at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for 100% credit on your first deposit up to $1,000. You deposit $2,000, they'll give you another $1,000 to bet with. You'll have three grand to play with. Uh, the line on this fight, Jake Paul, minus 180, Ben Askren, plus 150. This is a tough one. I got to go with Ben Askren at plus 150, plus money on a uh, multiple-time champion at multiple different sports. He's even an elite disc player, disc golf player. Yeah, well, I could tell you this. We're certainly looking forward to it, and um, we, we, I want to be sensitive to your time, and uh, we wish you all the best. Teddy, you got anything else for Ben? No, Ben, I just want to thank you for taking the time, especially close to an event like this. That was great. I appreciate it. Um, and I already knew I already knew certain things about you. I knew that you were a great wrestler. I knew that you were a real fighter. Uh, obviously, that you were tough from seeing the things that you did and the, the way you competed. But I had been told that you were very smart and a very good guy. And I found out that those things are true, too. So thank you. That. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And and Ben, let me leave you with let me leave you with one thing. Okay, if let's I, do it. in a very advice, humble listen, you are you are one of the best brains in the sport, so you better give me some good advice right now. I, <laughs> I was gonna just say one thing. You've gotten really good advice. You've been with really good people. Uh, you've done the right thing. You prepared the right way. Uh, you're as good as you can be under every circumstance that you're dealing with. The one little hum in a humble way that I would I would give to you concentrate on distance being aware of range and your jab yes, just keep it real basic and and throw a snappy jab when i say range make sure you're not thrown away he can counter you with the right hand because he will look to counter with the right hand so make sure you're at a far enough proper distance where you're getting full extension on a jab because if you're throwing it at three quarter distance he's got the range where he can throw that right hand over it so make sure you're at the proper distance the proper range and look to use that jab in a snappy way even to his chest just to stabilize him just yeah. just to keep him off balance just to control him where then you can put the pressure on in a proper way in an efficient way in an effective way and not in a not in a not in a reckless way so that would that would be my advice uh my small advice um if it's worth anything 
I appreciate that. And Ben, when you uh, get get the win, I want to get a picture of you on the screens here with your boxing gloves up like this after the win for our next interview. We yes, want to talk to you after you win, see who you're going to call out next. Dude, thanks for, th right. seriously, thanks for doing this. All the best to you. Love appreciate it. your time. Good luck. Get some rest. And um, thanks for being with us. Have a good day, guys. Peace. Good, good luck. All right. Good luck, Ben. Thanks, guys.